0: This is Shine On Policycast, the podcast that brings you EU policy updates relevant to solar. I'm your host, Bethany. Let's get started. So on today's Policycast, we have Arthur, our policy advisor on skills, amongst other things. Uh, and all being well, you're listening to this podcast during uh, Solar Jobs Week and uh, the European Year of Skills. So um, Arthur's here to to talk all all things solar skills. So welcome, Arthur.
1: Hi, hey, nice to be here.
0: <laughs> um, so so again, you know, it's solar Solar Jobs Week, um, and we've just come out with our Solar Jobs Report, uh, our annual report on the the lay of the land in terms of solar employment in the EU. Uh, maybe you could give us a little flavor of what's 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 in the report
1: yeah sure so it's a lot of numbers <laughs> uh, I think it's important that we just take that, the the ones that are important mm-hmm. uh, I would invite everybody to read it of course mm-hmm. but there's a few things that I think we need to keep in mind that are um the most important ones so a lot of numbers but if you if we pick like the two or three important ones it's important to remember it's a really growing sector mm-hmm. uh, I talked about the j curve a lot for for solar so it was a lot of stagnation for a few years. Now it's it's really raising really high. We had 40 gigawatts of installations uh, last year, and that impl- um, includes a lot of jobs. A lot of people are needed to to deploy that to install that. So we had um, just a bit less than 650,000 people employed in solar last year, and this still needs to grow a lot. It needs to accompany this this J curve in the same way.
0: And how does that compare? So that's 2022, and yep. how does that compare to 2021? remind
1: that's uh, almost one hundred fifty thousand people that just joined, okay, I think, in one, in one year, and we need that to continue at least at the same pace. Okay, okay. Um, yep. Yeah.
0: And then, what are some of the what what would hold us back from accelerating as quickly as possible as we we can in terms of employing the right number of people? What are the challenges there?
1: Yeah, I think it's mostly about focusing on the urgent areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have. Uh, eighty-four percent of the people do, uh, that are in deployment of solar, so putting you know, there's the a full... roofs and
0: putting it in the, in the right. Ground.
1: There's a full value chain, but in the end, where it's really labor-intensive, where we need a lot of hands, is really going on on the roof, installing it, and then connecting it to the electrical system of the house or the grid. That's really where we need a lot of hands. Seventy-three percent of that are rooftop. Okay. If you want to take a ground-mounted rooftop, like three out of four of your jobs are on rooftop installations. That's why we really need a lot of people. So we need to tackle that where it's most urgent, and that's going to be there for the next uh, couple of years. And one of the things that's really challenging is that you need an electrician. So mostly for a rooftop installation, you may think you have, like, five people. It's different everywhere in Europe, so I'm going to try to (laughs) make it as, you know, united as possible, but it is a problem in itself. It's different everywhere. But if you want to take a general rule, uh, you're going to need, like, four or five people to to install a solar installation fully from the mounting structure to the panel itself, connecting it to an inverter, and then to the house, to the grid. And for that, you're going to need an electrician, a qualified electrician in most places at least. Uh, And that person, according to the country, takes like three to five years to be trained. We don't have that kind of time. It's a race against
0: time here to to get people qualified. Yeah,
1: Yeah. we don't have that kind of time to to have uh, new electricians, and they might be what you may call the bottleneck. I don't like to say that because, you know, it's people and they have a nice job and mm-hmm. they're not bottlenecks, okay. but it's people that we need at least. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's a big challenge and then you're going to need a lot of people also in the construction industry uh, generally because that's usually people we employ to to go on the on the rooftop and do the mechanical work, not electricity, but just fixing it the on. Mining structure yeah. and, and putting the panel to the, Put it on Putting it on the roof. And those people, they still need a lot of solar-specific skills if you want, so... There's a lot of things to that they need to know that they don't necessarily do in their training, but they need to know it for solar specifically. Okay,
0: because solar is so new, it's just not yeah. embedded in normal training.
1: They have a lot of things they, they do, even electricians both, yeah. on construction or electricians. They they do a lot of different things, not just solar. And so it's really important that they now more and more know about solar to make quality and safe installations so that there's the best efficiency, uh, so that it doesn't catch on fire, for example. Uh, so that it's safe for everybody. So I think it's 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 a really big challenge in, in a really growing sector. Yeah.
0: Right. And and I mean, what are companies doing to try and bridge that gap? I mean, what's happening on the ground or on the rooftops like right now?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of examples. I have uh, one in, in Germany that we talk about a lot is Enpal, yeah. uh, a company employing people for solar installations, mostly on rooftops. Mm-hmm. Um, they rent the panels, by the way, for for, for most of them. Um, and what they do is they try to make the best use possible be as efficient as possible with the people we have now Uh, they're not reinventing the wheel creating new jobs or whatever but they're getting people um, they're hiring people from any kind of jobs like they're taking Ubers or pizza delivery guys anybody they train them super fast they launch an academy in Germany where if if you want to have a visual, like they it's a sort of big house where you have the roofs on the floor. Okay. And they just like strap themselves on it and learn about the quality safety uh, trainings you have to know. And then they go up on this fake roof and install the panels. And then at some point, you know, they're free to go and they go on actual roofs. Then they have some apps to take photos of everything they do because there's, they they need to be a supervisor. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So they pay well, they train them fast and make the best use of the people we have right now because there's a lot of people that we need for solar and as von der Leyen said in the state of the union speech <laughs> now it's jobs looking for people rather than people looking for jobs yeah, yeah. Um, in most countries at least but yeah so they're trying to make the best use of the people, people of the people that we have now um, we don't know yet if it's 100% the thing to apply everywhere mm-hmm. um, but it's a curious uh, you know interesting example and then on the other side there's uh ngos that are working thinking about generation spain for example mm-hmm. then we know that in utility scale for example so not rooftop but on ground mountain, uh, they need people for like six months for example a lot of companies need people for six, six months in one place and then they move you know like they install a big big uh, project and then by definition you're gonna have to do it in another place yeah. later so you're gonna need a whole bulk of of construction workers for example for six months. Mm-hmm. And then those NGOs, they're trying to find those people for them uh, quickly, sort of interim. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, they help them get people fast, direct them to trainings if necessary and stuff like that. And then there's another example, for example, in Switzerland, the association that is member of Solar Parade Europe. Swiss Solar. Swiss Solar. They actually created a new job. And they they thought, we have a lot of people going on rooftops why not create a job that's called solar installer okay. because there's going to be demand. Uh, so they created that job. They got it recognized by the state as a sort of professional certification. They created an apprenticeship. So from your, when you're 15 years old, you can enroll in that. And then you get out of this at 18 and you are a professional solar installer. So interesting, different ways of approaching the the problem uh, with a common thread, which is we need people fast and, if we don't have them, let's make the best use of the people we have now.
0: And so, I mean, that's what companies are doing. And, you know, there was a bit of a patchwork uh, across across Europe then. But um, what what can policymakers do? I mean, the EU, it's obviously, it's, it's not necessarily a responsibility of, of, of uh, EU level. So, I mean, how do we see that filter down into national level? And, yeah, what are politicians doing? it?
1: Yeah, um, so, well, right now we don't think there's enough done, <laughs> to be very honest. Uh, but... You know, we have a lot of policy recommendations. I would think we have seven. Uh, let's not talk about seven, but maybe three. Okay. <laughs> no, I... Yeah, with, with limited time. <laughs> yeah. No, and the things I see useful are in education, career development, and movement of workers. Okay. In education, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I was never taught, like, being an electrician or a plumber. No. Uh, but we're going to need a lot of those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at some point, we can just say that it's for the people that have bad grades or something and like I, we need to be directed to that it's attractive jobs there's a lot to be done there you're gonna like find a, a job
0: it's a cultural shift uh, of valuing um like traditional kind of blue collar jobs yeah. i mean. and i think the pandemic did a lot for that because you saw what essential workers really meant um and and you know i think university dropout rates are are pretty high across across europe and clearly people are being push down an avenue that maybe doesn't work for them or, or how they see their life going. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in education, I think there's a, a role of, of teachers, but of, also of parents and, and communities to to recognize that these are valuable careers that are rewarding yeah. and and really give back to society and have a, have a role to play.
1: Yeah, I think, and I think there's the real things to, to do out of those considerations. Like, a lot of people go, indeed, into universities, general fields they don't really know what they're doing and they kind of drop out at some point it should be it should make sense to automatically like be transferred or at least more easily be transferred Mm -hmm. to a technical education so you can try something else that might be maybe more like an actual challenge with like with your hands or something you can accomplish during the day Mm -hmm. Uh, that's actually nice to do and that's useful you know directly um there's also a question of paying the mm-hmm. the, the trainers or, or teachers or professors that are in those schools, which I think is a big uh, a big challenge as well, because we need actual trainers and teachers to yeah. go there. <laughs> you know, not just the people to to train and and some communication. I mean, at some point um, we need to see everywhere that it's an appealing job, that mm-hmm. is somewhere you're gonna have m- money and you're gonna have demand for that job. So we need to be incentivized to go there a bit more. Uh, we we really didn't see that. Uh, and not we just
0: sit like us in, a, in an
1: office. <laughs> I love speaking to a mic, but at some point we need people to go on roofs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, then, and then there's more. Yeah. Um, yeah, so also in the career development, I talked about the different people that actually are employed in solar, mm-hmm. who are usually subcontractors or stuff like that um we need to like ramp up the the skills they have in all of those sort of professions around solar mm-hmm. and to give them solar specific uh trainings to make sure really in the next 10 15 20 years we have good installations mm-hmm. everywhere that worked perfectly fine where we see no issues yeah. um Final both on uh on movement of workers right the last one yeah yeah. so um we see a lot of companies as i told you spe- specifically on the the ground mounted. um mm-hmm. uh, the companies move and have projects a bit everywhere even even in rooftop. and there's not one way to recognize solo installers everywhere in europe and maybe that should come okay. because if you go to a company you carry you you do their training that they're proposing to you uh and then you can go on to to make an installation if you have to do that every time you go to a single different project it's gonna take a lot of time a lot of resources a lot of money for the companies and that delays a lot of projects. We actually have examples uh in in Germany and in, in northern Europe where the companies are waiting years before they can actually carry out their project because they don't have the full staff uh, to do it, because just moving is too difficult uh inside the EU. And then we're gonna have to talk about uh immigration from third countries mm-hmm. as well. Uh it's it's you know, it's a difficult uh, topic but um Maybe we need to direct the immigration we have to the most urgent jobs that we we have in Europe, and that's great opportunities also.
0: Uh, I mean, there's I think there's existing EU platforms for 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 this at least in development by how, uh, yeah, how you can support integration of of of, of newly arrived workers uh, into priority sectors. Mm. Um, but then speaking of, 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 of kind of the different jobs that are out there, uh, we have one question from social media. And uh, if you want to ask your own question uh, on a future policy cast, you can follow us at uh, Solarparteu on Instagram. Um, but to you, Arthur, if you had another job in the solar sector, what would it be and, and why?
1: So, I just want to say that I really love my job here. It's really nice.
0: <laughs> it's not a threat. It's not a threat.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I would do a nice propaganda for solar um, with uh, my.
0: Propaganda if it's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I would go around Europe and sing songs for for the sun, I think.
0: But it's a bit like. Uh, I think Lord already has an album called Solar Power. So you'd have to.
1: Yeah, I would do better, though. I think. Okay. But yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> he went platinum. But OK, lofty, lofty goals, lofty goals. <laughs> Um, so then, uh, if you so lo- then looking at you mentioned that maybe maybe not enough is is being done to to tackle this this challenge, but it is the European Year of Skills, and uh, we we do see some movement here and there. Uh, what are the kind of key dates beyond Solar Jobs Week and beyond the European Year of Skills that we should be watching out
1: for? Yeah, so our jobs report is actually already out, mm-hmm. and you should read that. I think that's the major date <laughs> that everybody Absolutely. should keep in mind. Um, we also have our jobs fair on, in, in November, on the 16th of November. Uh, it's very solar specific and it's very sp. but yeah, yeah uh, we, we're having a fair where anybody that's interested or just curious about what working in solar is, we have experts coming, answering your questions and telling everybody about what it's like to work in solar, why everybody should go there, mm-hmm. what kind of different opportunities there are, what you have to do to, to get there. So it's, it's a pretty interesting time to go and explore that. Um, and more like what these guys are doing in the commission there's the negotiations at the moment on the net zero industry act mm-hmm. which is one of the very few legal texts where we can have some uh, some interesting uh, stuff about uh, jobs and skills they're actually negotiating it it is difficult to make estimations but normally by February of 2024, we should have a text. Mm -hmm. And in there, there's the Net Zero Academies proposal Mm -hmm. where they're really saying they're going to work with the private sector uh, to create academies everywhere in Europe for the most strategic jobs, and we want to do it for solar. Mm -hmm. And it's a partnership where you're going to have the stamp of the European Commission, some seed funding at the beginning, and we really want to use that opportunity to, to put forward the solar jobs and make trainings for that everywhere in Europe.
0: Cool. Okay, so a couple of days to, to look out for, but a big plug uh, if you are a, a student or an early career professional or if you know someone who might be interested in a, in a new solar job, uh, you can check out our career fair uh, coming in, in November. Uh, but thanks so much for your insights today, Arthur, and uh, maybe we'll have you back on PolicyCast on one of your other topics that you cover.
1: It would be a pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: And, and if people want to hear, hear more about solar skills and uh, the different kind of topics we cover from hydrogen to electrification, uh, where can they find you online?
1: You can just type my name, Arthur Damers, uh, on LinkedIn and Twitter and you will find it.
0: We will spell that out, so people can send Google it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and if you want to find uh, more uh, more things on solar, uh, you can follow Solar Power Europe, Solar Power EU or myself at solar Power Beth. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. This podcast is brought to you by Solar Power Europe. If you don't want to miss our next episode, make sure to subscribe and turn on notifications. Shine on.